The rule of three states, things that come in threes are inherently more appealing than those that don't. With the next generation GMC Sierra, Canyon, and Sierra Heavy Duty, we couldn't agree more. Whether you choose to have the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate, available only on the next generation GMC Sierra SLT, AT4, and Denali models, to confidently take on heavy loads with the available 6.6-liter V8 Duramax turbo diesel in the GMC Sierra Heavy Duty, or to get behind the wheel of the only mid-size premium pickup on the road, the GMC Canyon, you'll realize all three help you do one thing. Go professional grade. Step up to GMC and get 20% below MSRP on next-generation 2019 GMC Sierra Double Cab and SLE Crew Cab models with a traditional tailgate. We are professional grade. GMC. Offer includes price reduction below MSRP and purchase allowance. Not available with special financing lease and some other offers. Take retail delivery by 9319. See participating dealer for details. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're about to listen to an episode of The Tour Coach, which is going to give you an inside look at coaching golf at the very highest level from on the PGA Tour with my guys all the way to here at Mobile, Alabama in the Dew Sweeper Dome as we help folks of all skill levels, all walks of life, learn to achieve their golfing goals. Sitting in here, we're at, uh, what is this, Red Maple? Red Maple. Red Maple, one of the luxurious cottages here with a Heineken at uh, Frederica Golf Club. Luke Cardenine, instruction editor of Golf Magazine, down here filming some stuff, hanging out. Dr. Greg Cart in the dock. Mark Wood, who makes appearances here and there on the on the podcast. Jackson K. Golf, Jackson Court. Morgan Hale Momo, workout extraordinaire. And I, I'm going to just say it's our first international dew sweeper. Go ahead and just for one time say Pacifico for me. Pacifico. How good does that sound? <laughs> right? So, anyways, <laughs> Emilio Gonzalez, uh, senior St. Mary's University, coming over here to work with us. I like that kid's action. <laughs> you better. Uh-huh. How good is that? Good. So I thought what we'd talk about on this little round table, I thought Morgan was going to kind of carry the conversation, actually. I thought she had some questions for us. <laughs> but um thought what we'd talk about a little bit is what we did today and then just talk about a little bit about the direction of instruction and especially the direction of teaching and developing juniors and players. Sound good with you, Doc? Sounds great. So uh what did everybody think about what we did today? Go ahead, Woody. No, I think we ought to hear from the editor. Editor. He's never seen anything like this. What do you think? What do you think? It's what's, what did you think about what we did? What's different? What did you like? What did, And you can be honest. You can tell us what you didn't like. No, I liked it. You know, I was obviously watching from afar a bit because I was bouncing around shooting some video content with so many wonderful talents in this room today. But, um, you know, I think the like art of coaching junior golfer, it's always something I've been really interested in. Because I went to an international junior golf academy just down the road at Hilton. How, how does what we do compare to that? So it's funny, like, back, I mean, I may not be the best person to ask, but back when I was there, it was all about moving, like, trying to swing in a, in a model swing, basically. You're always working towards a model. You're always trying to get some sort of mythical standard of perfection. Where I think just seeing you guys coaching juniors and also, like, I think it's sort of part of instruction going forward now is that, it's less about like chasing a model, chasing perfection, than it is about like coaching you to be the best you, you know, and being okay with like 
the different kinds of swings and different kinds of moves and different kinds of bodies. It's more about like embracing your own potential. I, I love that because I think that's kind of what whatever yeah. it's been you mentioned the other night. Been doing it 10, 12, 10 years. Been doing these. They didn't start out being this nice. Organized. Organized. I thought they were. I thought they were just as organized when I started them. But um, <laughs> um so for, so Greg, first junior camp I ever did on my own. You know, after I quit working with Hank, I invited Woody, and you'll love this, Luke. So I invite Woody to come do it, and we have like 15, 18 juniors, and uh, he says, "Hey, do you have an itinerary?" I go. I do, and I'm so proud because Woody was my golf teacher growing up. And I send him this itinerary, and he calls me, and he goes, no. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, anyways, back to your point. Like I, I think that's one of the neat things about bringing everybody in is giving juniors different points of view. And they'll hear different things from Woody, different things from Jackson, different points from Greg. We're not trying to make any one person the same. But, but look at it in this terms. And, and, you know, Luke has been around all these great golfers filming this stuff, doing the articles for Golf Magazine, and even his tenure at Golf Digest. You had, we had two different tour players, Smiley Kaufman, Luke Guthrie. They don't swing the same. They don't look the same. The way that they were taught wasn't the same. Which, I mean, to me, is a testament to you. I mean, and what you've done. I mean, you get two really nice players that play the way they play golf, not the way anybody else plays golf. Yeah, I think it's like speaks to this concept of like getting matched up. Like, it's never something I used to remember really hearing. You know, I think it's something the best coaches intuitively knew how to do. But, like, I think now it's more about. You know, somebody can move in such a way, how can we complement that with a different movement? Whereas, I don't know, when I was growing up, so what, uh, sort of early 2000s when I was really sort of playing just a lot of golf, it was, uh, no one was ever talking about getting matched up. If you had a grip that was too strong, their instinct was to weaken it, right? Whereas I don't think that is necessarily the instinct now. But again, I'm speaking in a room full of teachers, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Woody, go ahead. Well, he's in an he, academy at the early 2000s, that's when Tiger was Tiger. Right, so Tiger was was the model, no question. Right, he had all these great players, but everybody's like Tiger is better than everybody else. So you had to try to do whatever Tiger did. Okay, whether you could physically do it or not, right, Mama? I mean, how how many players can physically do it? I mean, are they all the same? Louder? No. <laughs> so when so when you go in, no, but when you go and evaluate all these kids. I mean, they're a lot of them are a physical wreck. Are they not? They are. Right. So, I mean, your your part as to how you're going to make their body be able to function the way they're designed will obviously affect the way they learn and the way they play. The tour coach here. We've got the best sponsors in the entire world, and one of them. The folks at Vineyard Vines take the best care of me that anybody in the world could. Always going above and beyond to make sure I've got the best apparel out there, as well as the best product and the best looking gear for me and all of my junior golfers and all the dew sweepers out there. And so now 
We want to share the love with those of you that like the Tour Coach Podcast. So each and every week, we're going to start a contest and we're going to draw a winner for a couple of $100 gift cards where you can go online and get you some great looking Vineyard Vines golf. All you have to do is listen to the Tour Coach Podcast and then go on Twitter and tweet me at Golf and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach and put one of whatever is your favorite part of the Tour Coach podcast. You can do the same thing on Instagram. Go on Instagram, take a picture of the Tour Coach podcast, put what your favorite part of it is, and then just tag me at the Dew Sweeper and at Vineyard Vines, hashtag Tour Coach, and we'll do a drawing each week, and you can be the lucky winner of some Vineyard Vines gear. So let me ask you this, Luke, because it's kind of, I didn't even think about this when we started the podcast. I was just thinking about finishing the margarita bit. Uh, so what you went through or what you grew up trying to do was like, I'm sure a lot of the goals were similar to what we're trying to do with the kids, right? I mean, you're trying to develop junior talent. Did they expose you to fitness people, mental coaches, and did you have a multitude of coaches that gave you different points of view? Just curious. I mean, I don't even know. I was. I think I think they were starting to figure out that that's, that was important. It, you know, is the way I describe it. But like, I feel like it's just next level now. I mean, everybody has a team now, and I think that it's sort of just an indispensable part of like actually actually wanting to fill your potential and goal. You need to be able to like have a swing coach working in conjunction with a fitness expert working in conjunction with a mental. It just, to me, it's like all of these things go hand in hand. Whereas, you know, it used to sort of be, it used to seem to all fall on some one all-knowing coach before. I mean, Woody, you were in the, not to, like the, the golf digest schools yeah. and all that coming up, you know, and worked in that. Like, I mean, what was the approach with those with developing juniors and how is it different than what we're doing today? The instruction was was different for sure. You had you had stations where you did you know little things. We did compete. I liked that. We did play some of what we did today, but it was the the talent level was much different than what we had today. Soup to nuts, right? We had much higher handicapped kids, and and we have a few really good players. But you know, like today, all these kids can really play, really. One of the things I've tried to do here at Frederica is, so we have smaller groups, but I've tried to mix the talent level a little more to where we have guys like Emilio who are going to play six, eight more months yeah. and they're going to turn pro. But, you have, you know, uh, you have a kid like Michael Crocker who's 7'2 and he's in eighth grade, right, <laughs> and he can hit a 7 iron 180 yards. But where you mix those and you get the opportunity for the young kids to play with somebody like you, and I think that, like, and I think that's something. Like those are just things I've like watched coming along and working with all of you guys. Like, and when we started doing stuff here at Fred, I was like, wow, we could kind of do some cool things where you, in a small group, you could put a kid like I'm using Michael, but like who's wanting to really learn. Like Morgan, you said, learn how to score. Mm-hmm. Where you, you know, like to me, teaching a kid how to score sometimes easier to put him with somebody that already knows how to do it right. than for me or you to go out there and try to teach him the technique. Well, my, you know, use Michael as an example. I mean, he can absolutely hammer the thing, right? So it puts it in places. I mean, different. But then he plays with Emilio, and he's like, okay, well, man, he's going to whip my ass. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a big difference. I also think, from my perspective, I've never, and I don't, these are the camps I do, but to see the collaborative relationship between the coaches, which you don't see very often, meaning you'll call in Jackson or you'll call in Woody and, and Wayne to give you input or to ask their input on a player you work with, which doesn't happen very often, I don't think, in that space. You, it, like, when I was growing up and kind of where I came from, golf instruction is very um, protective, right? right? Like, you don't want your player going to see somebody else. Right. Or getting any other information. But then, like, when I started working with you guys, it's, it was a, it was different at first, but I, I loved it right away. That's got to be a little different from what you see. I mean, I think in general, golf teachers, though, are still pretty territorial and protective yeah. and... Yeah, yeah. I don't fully. I mean, you can speak to the etiquette of all the of all that better than anyone, right? Like, um, I have no idea what those boundaries are, frankly. Between like a coach coming to a calls, talking to a student, I just I know it's there. I have no idea how it works, but I think that like you know, Jackson, for instance, gave me a lesson today on swing catalyst. First time on swing catalyst, you were fired up. Yeah, I was, I was fired up. Um, I was a. Uh, <laughs> I was hitting a great. Do I need to fire him yet? No, no, you need to promote it after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> no, that's not what he wanted to hear. <laughs> um, but it was, it was interesting because Jackson asked a question that not a whole lot of coaches have asked me before. It's like, uh, what are you working on? Like, what, what are some of the things, what are some of the things that you've been trying to feel in your swing? And it's actually surprising, such a simple, obvious question, but it's not something a lot of teachers will think to ask. I think, they see a student arriving at them for a lesson, they think, oh, blank slate, this is my first lesson. And I don't, I, I, I can't imagine that's ever really the case. Um, and Not I just anymore. think creating that context is just one way of sort of collaborating with whatever's come to line before. Well, I'm like, agreed with that point 100%, but it, that even happens if you do see someone regularly. Right, like there's plenty of people that I teach that come back to me in two weeks or three weeks and like, I know you're not working on what we've been talking about, so what are you trying to do right now? Yeah. Right? What did, that, that what did you read in Golf Magazine? <laughs> <laughs> what tips did you pick up? By the way, keep reading! <laughs> let me tell you, though, let me tell you, though, there's going to be a tip that I came out with today about the rope. <laughs> you guys are going to want to. That's you! To me, the fun part of doing these camps, and one of the reasons I wanted you to see them, Luke, is because I like the collaborative effort. Like I, and I love having Woody and Jackson. I involve you a bunch. I like asking your opinions on on the tour guys I teach. You know, I mean, I, I always think like if I was sick, I mean, I'm sick, but if I was sick, like, I mean, I went to a doctor. I mean, I'd want more than one opinion before I had surgery. You know, and uh, and I just, you know, I always looked at it as like, I don't think it's a weakness in me as a teacher that I would ask people that I trust what they see before telling somebody to do something. I look at it as a strength, not a weakness at all. A lot of coaches don't, right? A lot of coaches think, no, like, this is, uh, why would I want you asking the opinion of somebody who isn't me? Like, I'm telling you, I'm the expert here. I mean, I... I don't some coaches think that way. Most think that way. Yeah. But look, you're comfortable in your own skin. Okay? And I think that, I mean, that's the testament to you. Well, but I think if you care most about the player, 
right? Because the person in front of you, like Jackson, asked you what you're working on because he could have jumped in and told you something. It could have been totally opposite. You would have just gone, uh-huh. and then left and been like, well, that's opposite of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't, you think, Doc, if you keep the, if you keep the player, like, and them getting better is most important. I yeah. Think you, you, I also think that has to be a collaborative relationship too. Like asking questions like that. What do you want to do? What do you, what does what it want? What do you want it to look like? And how do we get you there? Instead of saying, this is how you're going to do it. That's point. not very often. Emilio, how is it different than instruction you've had? Really different actually. Uh, I love it. It's like way more open-minded. In a way, it's a little more old school and stuff, but I like that a lot simple not really that much like not really having to have like too many technical thoughts and it's just awesome they get a lot of knowledge and it's awesome to be around this you mentioned team earlier you know and that's one of the things that Emilio said was you know he was like you know, he liked have meeting the whole team of people. And I think more and more juniors and college players and people like they watch tour players now. And I think everybody learns from, or does what sees what tour players do. And so I think you see more people at a younger age kind of surrounding themselves with folks like Greg and, you know, and they have teachers and they have mental coaches and they have fitness people like, you know, they have Morgan and they have those people. I think you see it more and more at an earlier age now than you ever used to. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, it make, and it makes sense, right? Like if you're trying to, like golf is such a, there's so many different components to playing good golf, right? And it doesn't start now with swinging the golf club. And I think in order to actually be good at this game in its entirety, you need to be good at each individual part of it. If you're working on something in your swing, you need to make sure you have the strength capability to, be, to actually be able to do it. And then you need to have the mental acuity to be able to apply it. Uh, it's, it's, these things don't live in isolation, right? They're all working mm-hmm. together constantly. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that over the years I've learned. I learned it first was actually with Smiley, who was working with Colby. And then now Morgan, we work together all the time, was like the just the whole part. Uh, as I came up as a teacher, didn't focus as much on what the person's body could do or what they couldn't do. And you look back, I mean, I look back on people that, like juniors and stuff that like probably just weren't able to do some of the shit I was asking them to do. And that's why they didn't get better. But now I look at what we're able to do. Morgan and I working together, Jack's and I working together. I mean, that's a powerful piece of the puzzle. Woody and I had a nice little session today with one of the kids on the putting, right? Where Woody's making some nice technical changes to his putting stroke. And then we're trying to Justin, right? To, with Justin and yeah. then trying to apply that from a performance perspective and how that's going to look and how that's going to feel for him. And I think it went pretty well and it's fun to do stuff like that. And I think he got quite a bit out of that. It was maybe a different approach for him and, and, but seemed to take to it quickly. Why do you like coming down and be a part of this other than the cocktails? Yeah. (laughs) For, For that reason, but to see the passion that the kids have, I mean, they're like sponges. And it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel that they're going to listen to whatever you say in a good way that they're, they want to get better and they'll do whatever it takes. And to be able to collaborate with teachers and fitness people to get the same a consistent message to those kids. It doesn't happen very often where I get that opportunity when I'm working. It's usually just in my office or on the course. It's just me and them, but to be with a teacher and, and other folks that are helping them get better is I don't get that opportunity anywhere. 
have a question for you guys. How, how has uh, the like middle of the road junior golfer changed over time? Like, how's the junior golfer of today different than the junior golfer of five, ten, twenty years ago? What do they do differently? What do they do better or worse? You start with really, since you've been around longer. I, I think there's better. I mean, there's so much better. So their ability to shoot lower scores at a younger age is phenomenal. It's happened just within these schools in the last five years. The younger kids, they, they're getting younger and better. That, the kid to, to the 13-year-old kid today right. is as good as we've seen. At I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, and... and you know, look, Emilio's a wonderful college player. Look forward to watching him grow as a professional golfer, et cetera. And, and, and absolutely makes all the sense in the world to give it, give it a try, right? That person, when I was a college player, the number of people that should have given it a try is very small, right? They just weren't good enough. There's more people good enough. Oh, my God. I mean, you don't really know because you don't know what's inside their belly. And that's the part, you know, that the doc, you know, we're trying to figure out what's in their belly and what's in their head. Can they get out of their own way to really you know, unleash their true potential? Mm-hmm. Some people can't. They can't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. Some can. But these kids, there's zero fear of shooting low. And there's zero fear of being really good, really hurt. Which is what you see on the tour. That's why the tour is so much younger than it used to be. It used to be, you'd be a tour player, you're not supposed to win. You can play good, but you can't win. Now, they, they don't care. Just, how many times can I? Right. I agree. I think they're better. And I, and I think technology and the ability to put groups of people like this and in different places, access to, I think they get, they have more access to it earlier instead of, um, you know, I mean, heck, I didn't have real instruction until I was late in high school, right? I mean, but I mean, I didn't have any, I mean, and uh, uh, now kids are getting great instruction and there's there's access to it. junior high? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, and so like by the time they're eighth, ninth grade, they've already got good grips, they've got good pivots, their club face square. So hell, we're just developing scoring skills now because their golf swing's already pretty dang good. Whereas, like with me, you were you were trying to get me to hit a driver off the deck. Yeah, but you were a nice, a nice high school player, right? But not a world beater. No. Uh, but you got to where you, I mean, you're the college player. I mean, look, a kid plays in college is an unbelievably good athlete. It's incredible. Good jingle bell player. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about the jingles bell since I've only been invited once. I keep turning it down. <laughs> I think technology has really changed for the juniors. Right? Like, even when I was growing up, for me to see my swing, I had to go take a lesson. Right? Like, I couldn't just pull out my phone and have my buddy take a video. I had to go pay somebody 85 bucks and get it on VCR and then I'd take it home and or the information you get on social media. Oh, 100%. You don't have so, to wait Luke, once a month or once Luke, a week to get your fault. golf magazine <laughs> issue in right. the mail. And now whether that's good or bad, right? Read it. Read it, though. Can you read it? <laughs> like, I would have been one of those guys where I think having an iPhone as a 14-year-old, 16-year-old would have been detrimental. I think I would have seen my swing all the time, and I always would have been working on something. Yeah. 
I mean, you you put that in the hands of some of these kids today, and I think they get way better, right? You know, because like because they've got our group of coaching that we're going to keep it simple. You're going to do this, not to go take it to the course, right? And I think if you get somebody that might not know how to develop a, a thoroughbred junior, right, and makes it harder, makes it more complicated, mm-hmm. and they can't take it to the course, it'll get worse. So I think yeah, it plays both on the player and the and the coach, but I think that's a technology is a huge component of the difference between juniors. I think they're able to also keep in touch with you more. Like you don't like yeah, true. how many kids send you videos or I mean, heck I send you videos of people, but you know, the ability to stay in touch and the ability that's certainly a factor. Yeah. I mean, you've sent me. But there's a de- detriment to that too. For sure. Right? Doc and I talked about today about how many kids are world beaters in high school. Go to college and quit golf. Because now all of a sudden mom and dad aren't there to pick them up when they're down. Their coach isn't there. Now they have their golf coach at the school. They don't know the golf coach at the school. Now all of a sudden, you know, he he's taking a snapshot. He doesn't know where they've come from. So now all of a sudden some of those relationships, you know, the they change, and the kid doc means he's, he's done. He can't take it. He doesn't know how to take disappointment. It's funny because I feel like that's something I wonder about sometimes too. So it's, it seems like when you look back at say like the eighties in golf, and you think about like oh who's like a, just a mentally someone who is just like at the top of their game and was winning because of it, and you think of like. A Ray Floyd who like plays angry, and like maybe Jack Nicholas would fall into that category, or those you know just guys who get really channel their sort of like underdog. I'm gonna beat you because I'm Germaine. Yeah, just, just just nails right. Whereas like nowadays, again, this is totally subjective. But when I see like the very best players coming up, it's like uh, it's it's the same sort of level of confidence, but it's like angled very differently you know it's like confidence based on having won all the time and it's like I, I can't fully describe it, but it's just it's just different don't you think that goes back to time you're like what do you mean they, they, they don't feel like underdogs you know they right. feel like overdog <laughs> that's right they only have something to lose right like it's a relief if they play well if they are as opposed to like you said almost playing from behind. Like they have a chip on their shoulder and playing with an edge. Good stuff. Luke, any parting shots? No parting shots. We're going to let you go to bed. You're in jammies. We're taping. <laughs> We're taping. This is the first podcast we've had done in jammies. <laughs> that ought to go on the cover. That should go on the cover. No, my lesson with Jackson's going to... You didn't even ask me what... Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank we we got to get this on kind of summary. This was really good. Let's hear it. It's great. My uh, well, my pressure was shifting a bit too much to the outside of my trail foot. Mm-hmm. So I got that salty, got a little more dialed in on my big toe. My right big toe. Yeah. And then from that foot flat on the ground, right? Flat on the ground. It's my first time ever on Swing Catalyst. It was really interesting. It's good stuff, isn't it? My se- oh, it's great stuff. My sequence was in good shape, mm-hmm. I was saying. Um, but my pivot through the ball tends to stall. And it's really interesting seeing that on the swing cap, right? Because you could sort of see that trace kind of jolt as it before it continued through. Awesome point. So, and to tie this back into what we talked about, so 
the last couple of days, he's been talking about early extension, mm-hmm. right? Like you had said that a couple of times, well, I'm trying to get rid of this early extension. Like you might need that in your golf swing, right? And so we talked about a trend in golf or how golf instruction has changed. And like we chatted for a minute about how a lot of instructors are trying to get you shallow right now. Now that there's some merit to that, absolutely. And I had picked your brain about that not too long ago. I mean, I don't care if that thing is, that sucker's coming down super steep, but if the pivot's going to continue like you guys have taught me, like that club face will stay stable and you're going to have a more consistent strike, right? And so that was tied into the, like our lesson and, and put it into his ball flight and what, where it was curving and kind of the window that it was coming out. Yeah, and really focusing on it's, it. It is interesting too, hearing you guys and see you guys. See, there's so much emphasis on the pivot, and it's something that probably I haven't thought about as obviously knowing it's important, but it's just such a center point of like the golf swing, like literally, and also the way you teach the golf swing, right? And but it was interesting today getting a first hand look at how it's affecting other things, right? Like seeing it. Like literally seeing how it's how it's stalled and then can cause other things, and then once you got it moving again, instantly seeing the ball like a straighter and more compressed. It was just was, really fascinating. Was what you saw on Swing Catalyst what you were expecting? Oh uh, no, no, I wasn't. You know, I was expecting. Well, I wasn't really expecting anything. But like I was saying had earlier, like you know, I feel like I was early extending, and you're like, well, maybe, but I don't think that's the issue that we're looking to. Yeah. Right. Um, which which was interesting because it sort of just dug a little bit beneath the surface, right? Jackson had to undo all those people that walk through your office and give you those lessons. Awesome stuff. Well Jackson, good job, bud. Cheers. That's we'll, from you guys. We'll keep you another week. <laughs> Luke, come thanks, back. thanks for coming down and hanging out oh, for all the film. Woody, as always. Awesome fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sitting in too here on the podcast. Morgan, you got to get, you got to quiet down. <laughs> Hold on. Emilio, say it one more time. Pacifico. <laughs> oh, how good is that? <laughs> Greg, you're the best mental coach I know. Always good to be with you guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon. That's another edition of the Tour Coach. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. There's one thing if you know about me, if you've listened to the Dew Sweepers, you've come to listen to me talk, is you know I'm big on loyalty. We give 100% here at the Dew Sweepers. We put a lot of emotional investment into everything we do with every one of our players. And the same can be said for our partners and the folks that have been with us for the long haul and help the Dew Sweepers, help our juniors, help us get to our tour players. And so I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, first and foremost, Buick 
and our local Buick dealers here around the Southeast, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, who've been with me for over a dozen years, and their belief and support of what we do here with the Dew Sweepers. And lastly, the folks at Vineyard Vines. The folks at Vineyard Vines love what we do with junior golf. They support us on the road. There isn't a better family or group of people that are going to help us look our best, play our best, and have more fun than the folks at Vineyard Vines. So special thanks to our sponsors. Please support those as you get the opportunity. And for more information about any of those, check us out at dewsweepersgolf.com, or you can always check me out on Instagram at the Dewsweeper.